So welcome to another episode of Sailor Snacking, the podcast where we talk about the 1990s Sailor Moon anime and have a hopefully yummy snack. I've got doubts <laughs> about this one. Uh, <laughs> I'm Jen, and as always, I'm joined by Tracy. Hello, listeners. So Tracy, why don't you tell us a little bit about this week's snack? Um, so I thought that we could try Poppin' Cookin' today. Um, and they're like a Japanese DIY candy making for kids. Um, and you just add water to these strange packets and you end up with candy. So I'll talk a little bit more about the company that makes them when we get to the snack part. Mm, yes. Uh, and today we have a returning guest. We have Liz. So welcome back, Liz. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Uh, so if you want to hear about Liz's history with Sailor Moon, you can listen to our very first episode of Sailor Snacking or the fourth episode. We've had Liz a couple times now. Uh, but do you have any new Sailor Moon developments in your life, Liz? Only that I am planning to get my hair cut this week, which is very, very exciting. It's been many a month. And I have been mostly considering cosplay when I consider getting my hair cut and yeah. colored, especially. And I did watch Frozen 2 this week. So now I kind of want to bleach my hair out really, really blonde. But I'm thinking that might be too blonde for Sailor Moon cosplay. And this is really like, it's making me think. It's making me think. Well, I mean, if you wanted oh, to wow. go like, if you want to go like the Princess Serenity route, she technically has silver hair. That's a good so point. that is super super blonde that's a good point yeah yes anything <laughs> i could do to help <laughs> uh so before we get into today's episodes i uh, just want to tell everyone about a toronto-based convention that is coming soon it's called pretty heroes um it's scheduled for november 28th and 29th at the no or at the japanese cultural center in toronto uh, this is at time of recording, so we are recording this in July, so you know. So things may have changed between me saying this and the convention actually happening, especially with this stupid pandemic going on. So please check out their website at prettyheroes.com. You can get more info there for ticket prices, make sure that the dates are still the same, and hopefully you'll see uh, at least me and Tracy there. Maybe we'll see if we can get a couple of other Sailor Snacking alumni to come too. <laughs> I don't think it'll be too hard to get a few. No, I don't think so either. I hope not. It's like the whole point of this podcast is to find the Sailor exactly. Moon fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the people who've never seen it before and try to get them to watch it, which yeah. I don't know. We're, we're not doing so hot on that end, are we? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> That's why I keep picking weird episodes for them to watch because <laughs> I want That's them to be That's how like, you get them the in. Heck? You, you I feel like so. today's episodes were so interesting that if we had had new people on, they'd be like, ooh, I'm intrigued. What's happening? Yeah. yeah. Well, these two episodes are like straight in the gut, in the feels episodes that make me tear up still to this day. <laughs> I'm I not know. Uh, so let me let me introduce them. Today we are watching episodes 23 and 24 of the Japanese uh, episode listing, not the Deke dub, although these were dubbed. Uh, episode 23 is Wish Upon a Star, Naru's First Love. 
and episode 24, full of spoilers, Naru's Tears, Nephrite Dies for Love. Oh. Yeah. They do kind of give it away in the title, don't they? They do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this episode's all about the feels. So let's start with episode 23. Um, Liz, you got any overall impressions about this one? Um, this... These two episodes, actually, like, always made me just a little bit uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> even as a kid, like, as an 11-year-old watching them, I, I, I remember just thinking, uh, uh, I don't know if that's okay. <laughs> and watching it now as an adult and, and thinking, that's definitely not okay. Um, you know, you're, I'm watching, and I totally get Naru, 14-year-old girl has a crush on this older man who's really cool. Totally that makes sense. And this older guy. But he's an alien. Guy, he is an alien. Um, right? But like so yeah. his shoulders are so to... broad. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it's the hair. Maybe it's the hair because he's got that like long you know romance cover hair and it's 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 only I totally I totally get it when he is to, he is manipulating her to try to get to Sailor Moon or trying to get to the uh, to the crystal. That makes sense to me. Yeah. He's like, oh, this little girl has a crush on me. I'm going to use this to my advantage. OK, yeah. good. And then it twists. OK, good. A tiny bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we, we, well, we should have that discussion in the second episode yeah. because there is the whole I even wrote it in my notes. I'm like. Okay, this is a question we're going to have to talk about is, is Nephrite actually in love with Naru by the end of it? Or is it something different? But I think we should wait till the second episode for that one. Exactly. But that will definitely be the the, the end of the episode. (laughs) Yeah. I have a theory and it's it's always involving snacks. (laughs) (laughs) What's your snack theory? He just wants a chocolate parfait. Oh, yes. (laughs) Obviously. Yeah, but she doesn't mention that till the very end. Very end. I know, and that's what tips it. That's what tips that balance there. He's just like, well, okay, I kind of want to try this chocolate parfait. <laughs> I'd be all over that. <laughs> um, oh, um, I mean, this is first- why we have snacks and funky shows. <laughs> The first note I wrote for episode twenty three was poor Naru. I can't I can't blame her for falling for Nephrite, but poor Naru. Yeah. Poor yeah. Naru. Absolutely. Um, and this episode is largely about episode twenty three is largely about Usagi knowing that Nephrite is bad and wanting to not hurt her friend, but knowing she needs to step up and get the courage to say something to her, which I think is a really mature view of usagi which we don't often get yeah for sure uh, but she I totally flakes she does yeah, but for she usagi will. that's actually pretty good like she goes to matoki to get advice she she actually does blurt it out without staying and you know following up but mm-hmm. baby steps we're still only yeah. in season no one. <laughs> i agree the fact that she she knew she had to do it even though it was going to be very unpleasant um, and that she did it, she did it badly, but she went and she did it. It shows real maturity and kind of what we always see in Usagi is real love for her friends. Yeah, yeah. 
even though she bloated, <laughs> which she so often does. <laughs> we knew it was going to happen. Like, come on. She's not going to pull this off perfectly. <laughs> it's Usagi. Yeah. Uh, oh, so I, I really liked that little bit of character development for Usagi. And especially when she goes to talk to Motoki and Mamoru just kind of is like, I'm going to come too. Yeah. And she's and just like. The one that gives the good advice, which. I know. Makes sense. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's he's kind of a jerk, but I think he's he's like almost like self-righteous. Like he he's doing the right thing always to the yeah. point of being a jerk about it. Um, yep. So he, he yeah. knows what's right and he's going to tell her, even though he's not going to be nice about it yeah. <laughs> ever, ever. Oh, but I like him so much. <laughs> he gets better. He does. Once he realizes who he is and his past. Yep. A bit. <laughs> well, he's, he's even, like, nicer in this episode, too. Like, he's not mean to Usagi. No, he's he's yeah. teasing. When he's like, hey, Motoki, yeah. Bun here, here wants to say hi to you. He's not doing it to be cruel. He's doing it as yeah. almost like a joking tease. Yeah. Yeah. Which and, is and it starts to become, like, a friendship between them right yeah they talk about real stuff and not just throwing stuff at each other yeah so it took like 23 episodes but we're finally starting to see the beginnings of a friendship between our two main love interests yeah, <laughs> yeah. which is actually i like that because you don't want it's good that they kind of get the chance to they meet and they're they're you can see their relationship just like progress it's not just instantly I love him. She loves me, you know. Yeah. No, it takes a long time. It takes a long time for them to finally kind of grow. I think it's that they're getting to know each other in their current lives before their previous lives come into play at all. And Mm -hmm. it's only when they've kind of realized, you know, that even in their current life, there's something there um, that they have their kind of memories come back yeah and then he gets kidnapped blah 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 but you know yeah, brainwashed and yeah yeah but uh, so complicated it is so complicated this is for kids it, it it's like ross <laughs> and rachel we were on a break <laughs> oh i hate ross and rachel so much i know <laughs> ross just goes off the rails anyway <laughs> a whole other podcast. That's like, a whole other podcast. Whole other podcast. Um, what else do I want to mention? Well, oh. we get the creation of the dark crystal, which is useful for when they're looking after the rainbow crystals. Uh, so Nephrite actually, he seems to be the smartest. Well, I think Kunzite is the most devious, but I think Nephrite is actually the most intelligent out of the four yeah. generals. Yes, I agree. And so he's like, well, I can't waste my time gathering energy now. Barrel's pissed at me. Um, I got to find the crystal to redeem myself. That's the yeah. only way. So he steals, he steals Zoisite's assignment. I love that. And yeah. uh, Well, he knows he's fucked. Yeah, yeah. he does. Because he's yeah. the smart one. And then yeah. he's like... You know, yeah, and he's already seen what has happened to Jedi. And like you say, he's the smart one. He can look beyond himself and beyond this current monster whereas zoisite is too preoccupied with himself and with looking good in front of consite and yeah i think that jedi's probably the pretty boy yeah nephrite nephrite is the smart one 
Yeah. Zoicide is the narcissist, and yes. Kunzite is the devious one. Yeah. That's probably... Yeah. Although Zoicide's pretty devious, too, but I think Kunzite's playing Zoicide, so I think that he's more devious in that way. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. Makes you kind of feel a little bit bad. Uh, but anyway, the Dark Crystal is something that comes up all the way now until we get to the Silver Crystal, because... It's yeah. the thing that Nephrite creates to find the silver crystal. Right. And I guess up till now, what the hell was Zoicide doing? Flirting. <laughs> She's like, yeah, crying in Kunzite's lap. Yeah. I think that we should establish that Zoicite is a they. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've, kind of made apolo- we've, we've already made apologies at the beginning for... Right. Unintentional slips of calling Zoicite she well, when Zoicite is yeah. Well, and it's well. I of, think right. If yeah. we're having this discussion, then we really should be asking Zoicite what pronoun right. they prefer. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so mm-hmm. I guess if we go back and forth, it's, it's because yeah. of what the dub Did. has done. Yeah. yeah. And uh, our next week's guest um, specifically requested the Zoicite episodes because she wants to address this topic. So that should be an interesting discussion. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, I don't want to say names because hopefully she can still come <laughs> be on the show. Um, yeah, so what else happens in this episode? This episode's really just... It's set up for the next episode, largely. Yeah, like yeah. the two oh. episodes are basically like a part one, part two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Naru or Nephrite is still manipulating Naru. He's not he's not fully confronting his feelings at this point, uh, if he even has them at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, gets Naru to steal a crystal from her mom. And I'm like, oh Naru, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Don't steal from your mom. Um and then he finds out that the dark crystal is reacting to Naru, and I'm like Hmm, that's interesting because she doesn't have the silver crystal. We know that. Yeah. So is he is the crystal reacting to her love? That or is his the love? question I got. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe his love. Or her love for him. I don't know. Uh certainly it has to do with love, I would say. Yeah. Based which, on the you know, general things that they shout when they're doing their arm flaily pointy things. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the coolest part of this whole thing is that when Sailor Moon attacks Nephrite and Naru stands in front of him, Nef- or Sailor Moon is able to stop her attack, which is <laughs> pretty damn awesome. I don't think she ever does this again in any other future episodes, but she's able to like basically just say, please stop, and her tiara falls. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think like in uh, media... The trope of like a whim- a woman's power is love is a very popular one. Um, yeah. But it's used here in very, very vaguely. It's like, oh, there's love here and therefore it is magic. Yeah. Uh, I, I had this, this debate in the True North Nerds podcast when we watched um, the first Wonder Woman movie about mm. how like you said, a, fe- a, a woman's power tends to be love and emotion, while a man's power tends, or male power tends to be 
less emotional based and how a lot of times it, that's perceived as a weakness, an emotion. Mm-hmm. And then I used Wonder Woman at, and Sailor Moon, obviously, as an example of how, no, no emotion. Love is a strong emotion that could be used for these kinds of things. Um, and so that's just like anytime we have conversations about powerful superheroes is why I always bring up Sailor Moon, because I'm like her attack just because it's based on an emotion of love and kindness does mm-hmm. not make her any less powerful. Yeah. It just seems so mysterious. Like it yeah. can't be explained. Like love can't be explained. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a common enough thing to pop up in, especially like you said, um, any kind of female based superhero, which I don't know. You should do a male one whose power is love. Actually, I don't know if there is one. one. Is there? Mm, I actually think that's one thing that I like about Zoisite is Zoisite is a, well, possibly non-binary character, um, yeah. but certainly in this, a masculine character who is motivated by love, motivated in a bad way, but yeah, like that's kind of, that's where his or their or her Zoisite's choice, <laughs> um, power, like, drive comes from and power comes from is this love for himself and love for consight and not really about power and I mean it is a little bit about po- having power especially over Nephrite because there's mm-hmm. some clear jealousy there but uh yeah I always thought that uh, always think that's interesting that's one of the interesting things about that Zoisite character is that they have kind of aspects of the feminine and the masculine or what you would expect of a feminine character or a masculine character. They have both. Yeah. I, I don't agree with the change that Deke made to make Zoisite female in the, in the dub, mm-hmm. but the way that Zoisite presents themselves in the mm-hmm. anime, I can see how it was a, it was a pretty seamless change. Like it was very easy for them to do. Yeah. Other than the affectionate scenes between coins, between, oh no, actually that wouldn't make any sense. That makes more sense now for, well, not sense, but in their minds. So For a 1990s children's show, it makes a lot more sense. Like, I don't think I would have been allowed to watch this show if um, Zoisite was male and in a relationship with Malachite when I was like eight or nine, right? Yeah. Yeah, which is a, such a big change from today, which is good. <laughs> yeah, which is amazing to see that change over the last 20 years. I know it's like sometimes it feels like, like it'll never be enough, but there is change. There's progress. Yeah, yeah. It, it it does happen slowly. But okay. yes, 20 years is pretty slowly. And yeah, because now, I mean, uh, I always go back to Shira, the new Shira on Netflix as a good example, mm-hmm. just because the ending was so freaking good. Um, but I mean, I think that one's rated Y7, like it's supposed to be for seven and up ages mm-hmm. and yeah. very strong lesbian uh, relationship going on throughout that whole thing. And also a lot of like just binary, non-binary characters and things like that. So it's really become more commonplace, yeah. which is amazing and awesome because, you know, the more you expose, especially kids to that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. the sooner it just becomes normal for them. Exactly. And then there's just... Exactly. 
And that's exactly what you want is to be normal. Should be mm-hmm. normal right from the beginning. Cause yeah. Then, yeah, for sure. Um, I have one more, well, two more notes, but I, one more thing about the, the whole fight scene is that when Nephrite, it's a very small, it may seem like a small thing, but when Nephrite saves Naru by shooting the monster that Zoicide had sent, he calls mm-hmm. her Naru-chan. Mm, yeah. Which is super sweet because yeah. like Chan is the, and I is, is supposed to be for, um, you know, you use between close friends, you use between, uh, like cute things. Apparently I looked it up. It's towards, it expresses that the speaker finds a person endearing. Yeah. It expresses affect- affection. Yeah. yeah. Which especially, um, a, a grown man would not say to a younger girl if there was not a relationship there. And I mean, I don't think this isn't to me. It seems like it was completely reactionary. It wasn't anything he thought about. He yeah. just was like, you know, he has to do something. And he says, Naruchan. And yeah. I'm like, for me, this is the moment where he falls in love with her. Like yeah. he, he, his feelings become more real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like just that one little suffix is the is I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and you and you don't get that if mm-hmm. in the uh, translation, right? In the dub, yeah, no, that's why I like There's, watching it. Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> There's another thing that gets revealed in this episode that's really important. It's Nephrite gives a little bit of information about the silver crystal to the sailor Senshi and to Luna. So this Mm -hmm. is like, this is really the first time they're hearing of it. And Luna's like, well, that's, there's something about that. That's familiar. Mm -hmm. I think it's the second time that Luna's heard the word silver crystal, but it's the, uh, just cause I take notes. Um, cause I think in the princess diamond one. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but they didn't get much information. No, about it then. Yeah, Luna just heard it in passing from one of the villains in that in that uh, episode. Yeah, and all she does is go silver crystal, and in this one, like you said, Nephrite reveals a bit more, um, which is good. And I'm like, oh, <sighs> Nephrite. <laughs> then I after <laughs> after watching these two episodes, I'm like, oh my gosh, I should write a fanfic where Nephrite actually survives, and what That's happens. Bad. I'm sure yeah. there are many out there. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there are, too. But I like to do my own before I research that so that I'm not influenced. <laughs> of course. That mm-hmm. makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, and the other Sailor Moon podcast that I listen to called uh, Sailor Business, um, I keep plugging them, so I should, we should get them to plug us. But anyway, <laughs> they when they were talking about this episode or these two episodes, I think they found a fan fiction that somebody had written where... Naru knows all along that Usagi is Sailor Moon and uh, it's basically like the fan fiction is a diary of her going you know this is what's happening to my friend mm-hmm. I think that logically if Naru was ever going to figure out that Usagi is Sailor Moon this would be the episode yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. um, I mean Nephrite does <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, and I, like I think that Naru I mean, obviously, there's that, like, magical quality that makes putting on a slightly shorter skirt and a tiara makes you not look exactly the same as you always do at school. But um, 
Nara's got to question why does this stuff keep happening to her? Like, <laughs> oh, I um, made a list. <laughs> yeah, and like some of them, like like the very first episode, you know, the monster attacks her not because she is Sailor Moon's friend, but because her mother has this jewelry store. Um, but yeah, after but after that, like you know, she meets this is saved by this superhero, and then is consistently saved by this superhero. <laughs> I counted eleven episodes in the first twenty-four where Naru is uh, directly related to the goings-on and experiences a debatably some sort of trauma. Um, should we go through uh, it now or should we go through it after? <laughs> let's do it now. This is a good segue. Yeah. So episode one, her mother is replaced by a monster and she's attacked. Naru's attacked. Uh, in episode three, she's the victim of Jedi's flower brooch and has her energy drained. Uh, in, in episode four, she goes to Jedi's gym and has her energy drained. Uh, in episode seven, she's a contestant in that talent show with uh, Umino and has her energy drained. <laughs> <laughs> then she gets a bit of a break. Okay, but these are all of the girls in town, like the last three that yeah. you just mentioned. Right? I know, but, but I'm, I'm, still... I'm specifically targeting Naru. I mean, I could go through and do it for other girls, like Harun, Miss Haruna, for example. I know. But... I feel so bad for that teacher. Not only is she, like unmarried <gasps> so scandalous they always make it seem so scandalous but she's also getting caught up in all these traps yeah i could probably go back and do another list for haruna too so then she has a bit of a break and then in episode seven or episode 14 her sister who plays tennis is possessed by a monster uh in episode 16 her teacher is possessed by a monster that's the the bridal one where her teacher is oh, making yes. the bridal dress so though that one's I debated putting that one on because it's not she's not directly involved, but she does go with Usagi to uh, mm -hmm. check up on the teacher and sees yeah, that right. something's happened. That's probably a little minor trauma, but could still contribute. Uh, in episode seventeen, she becomes a model and she gets her picture taken and she disappears and right, then comes back. That's Who huge. knows? <laughs> in episode nineteen, she's mistaken for Sailor Moon by Nephrite dressed up as Tuxedo Mask and has her energy drained. Uh, in episode 22, she's possessed by an evil spirit. And then in episode 23, she's attacked by Sailor Moon and a monster. That's the one we just talked about. And then in the next episode, she's kidnapped, attacked, and Nephrite dies in her arms. <laughs> Naru has had a tough go. Yep. And most Is it because? Things, most of those things are not directly because she is friends with Sailor Moon. Other than no. these things are happening in this area because Sailor Moon is there, I presume, because he's trying to smoke her out or whatever. Yeah. Most of those things Naru gets into on her own. <laughs> yeah. Not all, but most. <laughs> well, yeah. The flower brooch, the gym, the talent show, being a model. Yeah. Uh and in fact, Usada so there... gets drawn into those things too. Going to meet quote unquote yeah. Tuxedo Mask. Yeah, those are. So why isn't there like a lot of plots that pull Umino in? Because he's annoying. <laughs> yeah, because he's really annoying. I, I guess. But Umino all is of these not... things target girls. Yeah, a well, lot yeah, of these that's, things. That's do. the whole point of the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is that it's they're targeting girls because it's a, and then the female superhero saves them. Yeah, and then later when they're specifically trying to find Sailor Moon, it makes sense that they're targeting girls, but um, yeah. specifically. But 
Oh, there was a great comic that I saw a while ago, and I can't remember who did it. If I find it, I'll put it on our Instagram. But it's uh, Malachite, it's Kunzite making up. Oh, no, it's one of them's making a plan, and they put up a poster that says, you know, Princess, uh, I don't know, Princess Masquerade Party or something like that, or, or Princess mm-hmm. Talent Show. And uh, Kunzite goes, that's never going to work. <laughs> it says Princess right there. They're going to know. And then the next scene is usagi with big hearts and eyes going oh princess talent show we have to go yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> it's like a gym where they tell you that you're fat all the time and they're 14 years old but they all go or yeah. a fortune teller or a <laughs> they all go every time the jewelry store it's like you're 14 you have no money why are you going to a jewelry store well, the clock store is what gets me. I'm like, really? You're that intrigued by a clock store? A clock. <laughs> yeah. You're 14. Why on earth do you care that much about clocks? <laughs> oh. <sighs> oh, boy. So, yeah, I guess that anything else you want to talk about for episode 23 before we move on to part two of the two episode thing? <laughs> mm, nope, I don't think no, so. I think we covered it. Yeah. All right, well, then we will have our little snack break in between. Um, I'm so scared to eat this. Tracy, do you want to tell us I a know. bit about this? Okay, so Poppin' Cookin' is a DIY candy from Japan. Um, okay, so the part that kind of scares me a little bit is that it's made by a company <laughs> called Crazy. Um, and Crazy is like one of those big companies that just kind of like own everything in Japan. Um, but uh, they started off as like a cotton trading company. Uh, but in 1984, they produced its first line of lipstick under its cosmetic division. Um, they also have a pharmaceutical division. So I guess, I mean, like this company does a little bit of everything, but it is a little concerning because it's all chemical based. Yeah, you get a package. <laughs> Um, with some different powders and you just add water and you end up with um, some snacks. At least they're supposed to be snacks. There's nutritional information on the side of the box. The ingredients are mostly sugar. My, but, my, yeah. thing, my kicker was at the side of the box. It says, do not consume packets without water. And I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> what? Uh, I mean, oh dear. So each of us has a different one. So uh, Genevieve's been talking about how she misses sushi. So I picked her up a package of the Pop and Cook and Sushi set. Um, yeah. And so it, it made a Tamago sushi, a tuna tu- sushi, and a salmon roe sushi. And it was very weird to open a little powdered packet that said salmon roe on it. Mm-hmm. it actually looks super cool though <laughs> mm-hmm. okay go ahead that and then um, I didn't I don't know I figured a, a gummy candy was the least offensive so I gave that one to Liz <laughs> <laughs> so hers is like a gummy land one and then I've kind of been craving donuts so I picked up a donut one and now I have so many regrets <laughs> <laughs> just looking at these things I'm just like trying not to I think so I think I should have just got donuts but they're they're adorable like they are very yeah, they, are. Um, I, they were fun to make they smell awful 
and I had to put mine in the freezer for five minutes because it didn't set properly. So my tamago is very runny, and it makes me not want to eat it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mine smell good because they're covered in in like icing. Like the icing smells good, but I'm not really sure about the the donut. Oh. <laughs> I, mine kind of I don't know just smell like fake fruity candy. Mm-hmm. Mine also came with uh, air quotes soy sauce to dip in, which I am not going to do because that's dipping sugar in sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I that made a like little. The best. <laughs> I made a little. I took a Pepsi cap because I was like, I don't have anything small enough for this, so I took a cap from a Pepsi bottle and used that to dip my to put my soy sauce in. So I'll taste it, but I don't think I'm going to dip my sugar into the sugar. And I hope it doesn't taste like soy sauce. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Shall we tr- so, shall we try them? I'm gonna try the salmon row one because that one was the most fun to make and it's also wrapped in like a licorice or something. Cool. Yeah. So in my packet I got to make chocolate and vanilla donuts. And I also got um, vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry icing. The strawberry icing tastes pretty good actually. <laughs> I'm not sure about this donut. <laughs> Okay, tiny, tiny donut. Yeah, what did yours make, Liz? Um, I have, it's like, like gummies, like a gummy bear or something. And I have like a little, they're like little cookie cutters. And then you pour the water in to make your little gummies. And so one's a giraffe and one's a fish and one's a heart. They're very cute. Um, (laughs) It's just sugar. Like it's literally just sugar and gelatin, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it should be. Wow, that's sweet. Yeah, well, I mean, like, these are really intended for kids. Um, oh, my God. Actually, that didn't remember, taste that bad. I remember huh. doing a, a class in university, and it was about gross candies for kids and how um, they're not really appealing to adults uh, because mm-hmm. of of grossness, but kids mm-hmm. love this shit. So I'm oh, going yeah. to take a bite of my chocolate mm-hmm. donut with vanilla icing. So I ate my salmon roll one. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's sweet. But actually, it tasted pretty good. Yeah. Like, so much so that I'm going to eat another one. Yeah, I'm me too. i the tamago. The tamago has a little bit more, quote-unquote, rice. <laughs> Whoa. I think the, my problem oh, with that it was is not that... Good. <laughs> I'm, I'm not against, like, really sugary treats. Oh, my God, I love dessert. But there's not really much... There's not too much flavor in this. It's just like eating sugar. <laughs> yeah. Mine mine is very grape. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to eat all of them. I yeah. My, yeah. They're, they're, pretty, they're pretty good. They're, they're pretty not good. bad. I was I was cool. a little concerned, but they're they're quite tasty. So yours came with like cool. little cookie cutters, Liz. Yep. Oh, yeah. nice. So I that have like, sounds like a little giraffe gummy. And a little fish gummy. It's fun. The texture of the of the fake rice is awful. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I don't know if I can eat the donuts. They're a bit weird. They're they're squishy. Like they're just like a gummy. Yeah. I might eat the icing though. The because icing is just sugar and water anyways, so it doesn't feel weird. There's something strange about like mixing water and some chemicals, and suddenly you have like sushi, like like a snack. <laughs> donuts. 
Okay, I mean, it almost feels. I mean, that's like Jello is. <laughs> I guess I don't know. All right, I've been eating sauce. a lot of Jello when I was when I was sick. I ate a lot of Jello. Mm, but Jello's, I don't know. Jello's delicious. Probably the marketing's better. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, this the soy is... sauce is great. Mm, interesting. Uh, oh. oh, whoo. Well, <laughs> the next episode's going to be very lively as the sugar hits us. Yeah. Oy. It's quite, um, quite sweet. I would buy this for a kid to try if I was then going to take the kid someplace where they could run off the energy. But it's, it was fun to make. Oh, um, yeah. When I was making this this morning... Which, I don't know that it's a snack for 9.30 in the morning, but yeah. <laughs> um, I was standing there making it and my mom walked through and was quite alarmed that uh, <laughs> this was happening in her kitchen. And I was, so I showed her what it was and just said, man, would eight-year-old me have been all over this? Like, oh, yeah, I sure. would have loved this as a kid. Hey, like, 15-year-old me would have been all over this. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Did you guys ever have the toy uh, creepy crawlies where you had like little molds and then you made this jelly and you could make your own like uh, oh, I no, think my, my brother might have like, like little bug so toys. Gross. Yeah, um, you made gummy bugs? Gummy bugs and you could make ones that were edible or you could make ones that weren't and anyway I had one. It was awesome and we always were leaving fake bugs in each other's spaces because we and we lived in Louisiana, so there were bugs everywhere. So we <laughs> oh, and no. we each other with the fake cockroach so many times. Uh, <laughs> but this they remind me of that, like that kind of thing where it's like you get to get messy and yeah, yeah. I would have loved this. Oh man, if you were my sister, you would not have reached adulthood. Let's just. <laughs> <say that>. <laughs> <laughs> You would have gotten a jar of Vaseline to the head? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, I love that so story. scary. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, overall impressions of this snack. I feel like I need to eat some salt right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. I might it actually. Was I, fun would, to make. I, I would consider buying just one packet. And making it with both my niece and my nephew together and then just letting them each have one. Yeah. Uh, and then sending them back home to my sister. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds amazing. That sounds like the best plan. They have a also, perfect age for that. Yeah. Also, Brett was making fun of me because I was calling it uh, Poppenkuchen, which is basically <laughs> Dutch. When it- He's like, stop saying it with a Dutch accent. <laughs> <laughs> Poppenkuchen. I would say this would be a great snack. Or like activity say at like the cottage where the kids can do it maybe after lunch and then they have the whole afternoon to like play in the lake or whatever swim it off um and get especially because it's very sticky um because then then they can just go swimming or whatever and yeah Mm. but man is it sugar Mm -hmm. part of me is like just drink the soy sauce and like but Mm. i'm like uh, no, I should do a shot. I was excited to try it, though, because I've seen oh, yeah, them in the grocery too. stores for a little while, and I was like, what is this? <laughs> and I think, like, a couple of years ago, when my cousin's kids were younger, they always, like, really wanted them, but I don't think they were, like, 
allowed to have them because they're gross and weird. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, no, I, I, they're definitely fun to make. And I think, I, like I said, I would buy them again for a younger kid just because it's fun to make uh, and it would distract them for like a couple minutes. And it's easy too. like, it's just water powder and, and you, then you mix. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's very straightforward. It's pretty difficult to screw up, although I managed to script the Tamago. Um, yeah, I mm-hmm. think it's kind of fun. Where this goes on my ranking, probably not too high. Um, <laughs> just because I it's think it's only better than green pure tea sugar. cakes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, just because it's pure sugar, and yeah. the consistency of that rice was. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, so, so that's I had different because mine didn't have any many any rice. So yeah, I'll try a different one next time. I still miss real sushi, but that was a nice alternative. So thank you for thinking about me, Tracy. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to need to go get donuts this afternoon, though. This sugar is probably going to last me until tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. It's not that much sugar. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, with that review of Poppin' Cookin', or Poppin' Cookin', if you want to say it in a Dutch accent, apparently... Um, we're going to move on to episode 24, Naru's Tears, Nephrite Dies for Love. I drew so many sad faces in my notes for this one. Like, so many. Okay, but I really like that the Deke title was A Friend in Wolf's Clothing. Yes. So, like, it didn't give it away. What is up with these titles giving away the entire episode? Mm -hmm. I I don't know. It seems to be an anime thing because in most animes that I've watched, there is the title gives away something like, especially if it's a big plot reveal like that. Like I, why? I, mean, I think Do there's one called Usagi and the Moon Princess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you they just don't scroll. In yeah. <laughs> this was before you had a listing of all of them online, so you didn't know. I guess. But no, it's at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, he says it. it is. <laughs> <laughs> but you you haven't you didn't know up until then, and then you're like, oh, Nephrite dies. Oh crap! I gotta watch this and see what happens. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, I usually guess. the deep titles are not great, but in this one case, I I like it. Yeah. Um. Yeah this this episode was poor Naru. Oh my goodness, she gets. Hmm. She just, yeah. <laughs> Poor Naru. Uh, and also, Nephrite goes through a really interesting transformation in this episode. Like we mentioned in the last episode, uh, when he calls out to Naruchan, he starts to think about his feelings. He starts to, to acknowledge his feelings for her. In this episode, he really comes to, well, he, he goes through those emotions a little more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Although he does also sneak into Naru's bedroom and use the crystal to remove her clothes, which I was like, bah! Yeah, that was creepy. That started the episode off really creepy. Like, he was manipulating her, yes, but then that that went over a line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very strange. It's like, I thought this crystal was supposed to help you find the silver crystal, not look at 14-year-old naked bodies. <laughs> What yeah. is up with that? 
Oh, God. Good thing she was sleeping in that position. Imagine she was flat on her back. Anyway, so, yeah, bad nephrite. Yes. Um, (laughs) So when he's talking to Naru, this is my first question I had. How genuine do you think nephrite's being when he talks to Naru about uh, how he learned about love from you and, you know, he's, he's... I know he's also manipulating her, but how much of it do you think actually came from a real place where he was saying, you know, I learned about love from you. I work for an evil organization and I know he's using it to try to get Sailor Moon's identity out of her. But do you think there was any grains of truth? I don't think I don't think it's a lie because a he does work for an evil organization where everyone's trying to kill each other. Mm -hmm. And B, he really did learn about love. It's because it was such a foreign concept before this point. Like what? Is it? It doesn't necessarily mean that he's in love with her. It's just that's the first time he's ever really encountered it. Yeah, I agree. Um, watching it now, I mean, I remember watching it as a kid and and thinking, oh yes, and he's in love with her, and it's all fine. And now watching it, I, I kind of don't see it that way. I don't see him being in love with her in the way that she is in love with him. You know, she is a little girl and has a crush and he is seeing in her, like you say, the, the ability to love, he has never been loved in his memory, in his previous life. He probably was, but like Mm -hmm. in his life with queen barrel, he has never known love. He doesn't even know what that means. And now he sees it in this girl and, doesn't at this point in the episode early in the episode hasn't quite figured out what that means that takes kind of till the end of the episode where he realizes that it's worth his life that it's worth any even but uh right now he's kind of still turning it over in his head i think Mm -hmm. kind of and he's he's using it against her but he's also trying to figure out what it means that she's willing to do it and that she, you know, she doesn't care that he is evil, that she is willing to help him for him. Aw. Yeah. <laughs> Naru, everybody falls in love with a bad boy at some point in time. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, at the very least, she's getting it out of her system early? <laughs> no, I don't think, like, no? you don't get that out of your system when you're young. <laughs> Did you? Do you learn your lesson when you're 14? Absolutely not. No, you do not. <laughs> Do you learn that lesson when you're 24? No, still not learning. Do you learn it in your 30s, maybe? Maybe. Um, Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) That's another podcast. I feel like that took a personal turn there, Tracy. (laughs) Oh, okay. Back to Nephrite before this gets too deep into Tracy. <laughs> well, I just, I mean, there's a reason everybody likes Logan on Veronica Mars. Why I will not watch the new season. Will not. Will not. No. Will not. I think I've only seen one, se- I've not, I, maybe I haven't even seen the full season. I've only seen a couple episodes of Veronica Mars. <gasps> I have it. I've just you never were- watched it. When what? Blockbuster went, it? It does, got a bunch of their Season movies. one and two are so epic and then, and then it goes, no. But, but, oh, season one and two, so good. You mean you've been in quarantine for, like, months and you haven't watched it? And you have it? I've been playing a lot of The Sims. Okay. Fair enough. 
a lot of The Sims. It's what I've been doing. (laughs) Are you playing Sims 4? Sims 4. And it's actually quite nice that this weekend the weather has not been good because then I don't feel guilty (laughs) sitting inside playing The Sims. Oh, I know. I wanted just to spend all the weekend playing The Sims, but stop. I had to do stuff like drive to Hamilton to play a doll. But that's for fun. Yes, that is for fun. (laughs) I did go berry picking and made jam. See, there you go. Okay, there's our tangent. <laughs> back um, to Nephrite dying. Uh, yeah, back actually. to Nephrite dying. Yeah. Well, no, first Nephrite gets to be clever and figure out who Sailor Moon is. Yes. But he, I think he's the only villain who does. I no, don't. Jedi does, doesn't he, at the end? Oh, yeah, Jedi figures it out. But and like, then Barrel and then kills he's... him before he can say anything. Yeah. Yeah. And then Nephrite figures it out. Oh, okay. Come on, Usagi. Yeah. Although I like the way that Nephrite tricks Usagi into revealing her identity is like none of Usagi's fault at all. Like she yeah. genuinely believes she was being attacked. So fair enough. And then she's like, please don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was my favorite line of the episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's all right. Could you not tell people I'm Sailor Moon? That'd be great. <laughs> please. Thanks. <laughs> And then he totally could have killed, I'm sure he could have, well, maybe not killed, but possibly killed Tuxedo Mask and Sailor Moon. But he hears Naru calling, help me. And then he disappears to go and save her. And that part where, (laughs) where he's like, like they, like I care about what happens to that girl. I wrote, you totally care what happens to that girl. Yeah. And then he makes the, he crumples up the note and sets it on fire. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I think he I might think... not even realize that he cares what happens to that girl until right at that moment where she needs help and yeah. he's willing to let Sailor Moon go uh, to save her when he, re- yeah, like suddenly realizes, oh no. That's when his priorities have shifted. Yeah. He's suddenly like, I don't need to kill her right now. I know who she is. What I need to do right now is save Naru. Yeah. Yes and no. I think part of his motivation, I mean, like, He'll always have, like, that evil side of him. Part of his motivation is to be like, what the hell? And so he's say, you're getting yes. in my way. Yeah. And I'm going to prove you wrong. For right? sure. Yeah, because he's still not completely in tune with his emotions at this point. Right. Yeah, but I think, you know, it's Zoisite realizes that he has feelings even before he does, maybe because Zoisite is more in tune with his own emotions. Um, yeah, or I can see in Nephrite things that he already knows that he feels. Yeah, um, as screwed up as those understand. emotions are. Yes. Because oh, yeah, you, got, it, you know, it really just kind of does make me feel as as creeped out as I still do feel about Nephrite and Naru. Um, just because Nephrite seems like a man somehow to me, and I think it's the ridiculously broad shoulders. Um, but it just somehow it does. It's the blazer, out. and yeah. he's so tall. Yeah, he's so tall. I I bet he has shoulder pads in that blazer. Well, it was the nineties, early nineties. Yeah, for sure. It does also. It just start to make me feel bad for the four kings of heaven at, that in this incarnation of their life they had it rough. Yeah, and they don't even know it. Like they they don't even like. Did they get childhoods? Did they get? 
in this or did they like spring forth fully grown like they, you never they never go into that no. i would i would kind of assume that they were just probably like in like capsules and then grown to adulthood so that they could serve the dark kingdom yeah because mm. i just hate I, I really hate the idea of what they would what their life was like with the dark kingdom if they were re- reborn as the sailor senshi were like and had a childhood and parents and like Usagi did or like, Oh, not good. Not good. Now I've never really gone too far down that thought path, path, path before. And now I'm feeling really sad. There's <laughs> another fan fiction for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is the, the rough childhood of the four Kings of heaven. Yeah. Well, because they have no memory of their past lives either. So exactly. They have nothing this life. See, I always assumed um, that Beryl and the Four Kings of Heaven were kind of in stasis as adults and then yeah. Metallia resurrects them mm-hmm. to bring back the Dark Kingdom. Yep, could be. That's how I kind of thought of it. But honestly, I haven't, up until this point, I re- didn't really think about it too much. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, uh, they probably grew up evil. You know? Yeah. This will be this will be something to discuss at greater length um, when you, we get to the episode where they go to the moon and they find out everything about their past. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a good episode. That's gonna that's yeah. gonna be quite the discussion, I think, when mm-hmm. we get there. For sure, that's um, around, yeah. Some, that's some of the best episodes that when and when they the one where. Tuxedo Mask and Sailor Moon reveal to each other who they are. I think that's my other life favorite episode. So, oh, oh yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah, we're we're starting to really get into like up till this point, everything's kind of been more or less light and fluffy, and yeah. now we're starting to get into the big emotional punches to the gut, um, and it just keeps coming after this because you get yeah, yeah, all that stuff well, you were just saying about, and yeah, the crystal, the moon crystal, and the moon princess, and yeah. The seven rainbow crystals and the yeah, the peop those people who have yeah. so st- oh, good yeah, and we start seeing more of the sailor scouts as well, right? So things yeah. start coming together a little bit more. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah, they just don't spare the emotions after this episode. <laughs> yeah. And they really start to to like up till now, it's largely been introduction to the world, to the powers, and to Usagi. A yep. little bit to to Ami and Ray, but especially to Asagi. And now we're going to get more into, like you say, the Sailor Senshi and their characters and flesh them out a little bit more. And mm-hmm. yeah, because they all have like a feature episode with the somebody who has a rainbow crystal. Oh, so good, so good. Yeah, so- I know the rainbow crystals episodes are pretty awesome. They really if are. I were, if mm-hmm. I remember, they are. They're really good. Yeah. Uh, so the monsters in this episode are called Grape, Husenka, and Suzeron. And they are sent not by Nephrite, but by Zoisite in order to get the Dark Crystal. So this episode doesn't have anything to do really with the with the Silver Crystal or with uh, gathering energy. It's basically all about the petty vengeance or the petty disagreements between Zoisite and Nephrite. And how Zoisite's finally like, you know what, I've had enough of you. Give yeah. me that Dark Crystal, I'm going to find the Silver Crystal. Yeah, right. And uh, I really why 
Why didn't mm-hmm. she have the, like? Why didn't she look for this dark crystal before? She's been like that's her main task. Yeah. This whole time oh, looking for the and, silver crystal. Yeah. Yeah, but this dark crystal is supposed to help find the silver crystal. So, like, she never made that connection before. Yeah. Like, what was she doing? Like, wh- other than like yeah. turning into petals. Yeah. And, like crying whenever Queen Beryl yelled. Like, and Kunsai, yeah. for that matter. What's Kunsai up to? Kunsai's just sitting there seeing how things play out because he's yeah. got his own machinations going. And yeah, he's, he's moving he's things probably, the chessboard himself. Oh, yeah. He's probably the one that set Zoicide against Nephrite to begin with. He's the, probably the one that's been whispering poison into Zoicide's ear, saying how Nephrite is going to take away this, that, and the other thing, and you have to get rid of yeah. him. No, he probably um, just said, you know, Nephrite's pretty cute, and that's all it took. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because Kunzite is, I don't know if Kunzite had any relation with Jedi, but I'm, obviously Kunzite sees Nephrite as a threat yeah. and is playing Zoicite to get rid of, because then all he has to do is get rid of Zoicite, and then he's the king, <laughs> basically. Yeah. He's the winner. So he's playing a long game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and we don't know if it goes back to when Jedi was around, but he's definitely been playing a long game this whole time. Yeah, I agree. He's uh, he's 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 pretty scary. He might be the scariest of all of this round of villains, just because he's always there in the background, uh, and then he's really mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's sneaky mean. He's like yeah. he's sly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, Manipulative. He is, exactly. I always say that I really enjoy a smart villain. um, And he's he's definitely a smart villain. Um, My main example for that is in... uh, We're re-watching Star Wars Rebels. If you Mm -hmm. have Disney Plus and you like Star Wars and you've never seen Rebels, oh my goodness, watch it. It's the best Star Wars show ever. Uh, (laughs) And Grand Admiral Thrawn shows up. And he is so smart he's always one or two steps yeah. ahead of the rebels and i love it because it makes it so interesting because you're rooting for the rebels yeah but you also see what this what he's doing and you're like oh it gets so close they yeah. do a good job of thrawn though because you see his personality and you see how much he enjoys like culture and knowledge yeah so like yes. they make him an interesting character so it's yeah. always really good when you get a villain and you see a little bit more about like what makes them tick yes which we yeah. didn't get to see at all with jedi like not even at all like nothing no, no. unless jedi... his hair was what he was into because that was all we got <laughs> Yeah. Jedi really didn't get much of a personality other than I guess he was a bit more of a hothead than the other ones. He seemed to get angry a lot easier. Um, yeah. But because he was, he had the disadvantage of being the first general when we're still learning about Sailor Moon and Sailor yeah. Mars and Sailor Mercury, he didn't really get any kind of his own character development. No, he didn't. He was just Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. But you get a lot more of that with with the next three, with Nephrite, Zoicite, and Kunzite. Although even Kunzite, you don't get too much. You get these glimpses with Zoicite, and then he's just kind of there. Yeah. I think that's what makes him so kind of menacing, is that you only get glimpses, and they just kind of give you a taste of how sneaky and nasty he is, and mm-hmm. how big of a problem he's going to be when eventually they get to him. Yeah. 
And and up until this point, we haven't really even had a whole lot of pl- of character development for Beryl either. Yeah. Uh, she's we don't just know anything about her, really. Yeah, we know that she's in charge of the Dark Kingdom, and yeah. she's the one trying to get the energy for the Great Ruler and try to find the Silver Crystal, but we don't know why. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, at this point, we really don't know anything about her at all. I guess we don't know anything about any of them at all yet. Yeah, but. it's it's hard to think about it that way when you when you as a person who have already no, seen already this know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, we we've started to get we've got a good amount of character development from Nephrite. We've started to get some character from Quinsight and Zoysite, but Queen Beryl is just this kind of figure on the throne so far yeah. with a excellent voice in both in all of the in every incarnation like both of the english dubs that i've seen and the japanese her voice is perfect i love barrel she's mm. like she gives you shivers and so many of the other voices are that kind of shrill anime voice that really gets kind of annoying yeah hers Um, is deep and menacing and yeah yeah. it's just like Yeah. I yeah. love Beryl. Uh, yeah. So she I guess we should get we should get to the sad part of this episode, huh? Yeah. All right. Aww. And we don't get to see chocolate parfaits. That's why yeah. I'm sad. After the making sad part a date, for you. we get chocolate parfaits. Nephrite dies. Is killed by Zoysite's monsters. I guess is really also important. Saving Naru. <laughs> yeah. But, like, before that, you get all of the interaction between Naru and Nephrite, where Nephrite, I think, finally acknowledges his feelings for Naru, and that, well, that he has feelings. Yeah. Um, you know, that he is, he's like, I'm going to keep lying to you, and she's like, I don't care, and I'm like, oh, red flag, red flag. Uh, and then he, she even calls him out on it when he says something, and she goes, liar. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, so and when she, when she refuses to leave and is willing to harm herself to try to pull the spiky thing out of him. Um, He, he sees for the first time ever somebody putting somebody else before themselves. Like for the first time ever, he's really seeing someone sacrifice. Nope. That's the second really, because she jumps in front of the tiara. Yeah. 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 But up until this point, like, like you were saying, growing up or living in the dark kingdom where everybody is only out for themselves and you don't have any kind of relationships like that. Like he's I really see... struck that, that, that this is even a thing that exists. Yeah. And he yeah. just can't believe he's just like, go away, go away. And she's like, no, I'm not going to leave you. And he just can't, he's, he can't wrap his head around why she would stay until he yeah. finally gets to that realization. Um, when she's, like you said, when she's pulling out the thorns, yeah, uh, and I that, think that's also maybe that's when he realizes that he feels the same way that he would do that yeah. for her, and that's why when they get that second attack that blows everything up, he shields her. Right, and I'm like, oh. and then there's all the green blood, so you know that he's a alien or at least not yes. human. And I guess I okay. probably also couldn't put all that red blood in. I probably that's not good. <laughs> for, probably like, changes the rating on the show. Yeah. I was gonna say, green blood's okay. Mm-hmm. Red blood, eh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this whole part makes me so sad. Like, 
I don't know. It's it's. it's <clears throat> I'm happy that Naru gets to have that moment with Nephrite where they talk about parfaits and where you know he makes she makes him laugh, and you get that. Um, you get that moment. But at the same time, I'm like, I know what's going to happen next. And it makes yeah. me so sad. Yeah. Oh. I'm trying to think back to the first time I saw that episode. And if at any point I thought that Nephrite wasn't going to die. But I think, I don't think so. I think being, I think I was 11, 10 or 11 when I first watched Sailor Moon. So I think I probably had seen enough stories. I knew enough stories to know that there was no chance here. Um, by that time but yeah because yeah. now like you say watching it it's like you just feel it going all the way up you feel the anticipation of the fact that he's going to die in her arms um after yeah. falling in love for the first time ever um and then he says i'm sorry i can't go eat parfait i lied to you until yeah. the end and i'm yeah. like oh oh so sad but there's also like my heart extra sad because it's like he's he's okay with the fact that he's dying because he got to feel this wonderful thing before he got goes like it, it's make it's made his life worth it for all the horrible things he did i don't know yeah it makes it sad even though it's creepy um yeah mm, i know yeah. and- so even Sailor Moon and the Sailor Senshi are standing there and they're saying, you know, don't die. I mean, I guess they witnessed. That's weird. I just, well, I think that's weird. Like, because they didn't really see that connection that they had because they were alone in the forest. So I don't, I don't know why they're sad. Like, they didn't get to see the goodness in him. Yeah, that's true. He's still evil. So I'm a little confused by that reaction. I think it's the more reaction to how Naru is reacting because they trust Naru, especially Usagi. And yeah. they, they, they see how how severe she's reacting, like, and so they're just kind of reacting to the same way. And I think they're Usagi saying "Don't die." I think is not for Nephrite's sake, but for Naru's sake, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, because I mean, she was perfectly willing to kill him, like the previous yeah. episode, yeah, or you know, even minutes before. And <laughs> I think that, and I also think that his last words to Naru. Where he's like, I'm glad I met you. Please forgive me. I think they were there for the the senshi were there for that. So I think that also um, redeems him in their eyes a bit more. I know it's very fast paced, but A, it's a cartoon and B, they're 14. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I guess that's true. And I'm like, he's done way more evil than good. (laughs) For sure. For sure. He had like one moment of goodness in a life of evil, for sure. And even, even a day of evil and manipulating this poor little girl and then yeah, it doesn't, him turning it around at the very end doesn't really make up for it, but that's okay. It's still a really heart, like, heart-wrenching moment. Is this yeah, the because, first time they combine powers? Uh, no. Not the first time, because I think they did that against Jedi, right? Oh, yeah. I think that was the first time. I always mm. loved that. Like, I that was always my favorite thing when their powers would be combined, because I always thought it looked really cool, like, when you have... The fiery you know, tiara covered. The fiery tiara, or later there's like um, the lightning around thing. Yes, yeah, the lightning always, around looks pretty cool. Yeah, I always just loved that effect and thought it was amazing. They need. I when I was watching it, I was like, they need the fire tiara to kill, obviously, the plant Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, that was my thought. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I like that um, in order for the Sailor Senshi to defeat these three monsters, they had to combine their power, but Nephrite can fight them on his own, one-on-one. Yeah. And so I'm like, that really tells you, even though, like, even though you, you're rooting for the good guys, you really see that Nephrite is very powerful and very strong. If Zoysite felt he, she, or he had to send three monsters yeah. after Nephrite. Yeah. And then I'm also like, oh, if you had just killed the monster in the previous episode, you wouldn't have died in this episode. And I hate knowing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. Although Voicesight would have continued to send monsters. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, so this uh, SailorMoonFandom.com has some changes from the manga. So apparently in the manga, Nephrite meets his end at the newly awakened Sailor Jupiter. So Jupiter is the one who kills Nephrite. And Zoicide is apparently distraught when Nephrite dies. I have to reread the manga. It's I have to while. reread. I was just thinking yeah. that. And yeah. Nephrite falling for Naru and reforming his ways before his murder are plot lines that exist in the anime only and not in the manga. Oh. Yeah. That actually makes me kind of happy because it's creepy. <laughs> it is a little creepy. Yeah. I like, yeah. Yeah. I wish if, if Naru and Usagi and them were a little bit older or if it was, I don't know. If they had made Nephrite a teenager, like even if they had made him Mamoru's age. Well, I guess technically yeah. he's supposed to be Mamoru's age. Yeah. He just looks older. Like so He looks like he's in his 30s. He does. He really <laughs> like does. late 20s, early 30s. <laughs> late 20s. I'm going to go. Yeah. 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 I'm thinking between 25 and 29 he looks. Yeah. But I guess they're trying to make him look bigger and more menacing because he's a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. But I they don't they... do that with Zoicite. Or Jedi. No. I think in Sailor Moon Crystal, uh, they slim him down a bit. I'm just going to see if I can Google a picture because yes. I haven't watched it. Yeah, he definitely looks younger in Crystal. Mm-hmm. Um, I just watched it up. Crystal. Yeah. I haven't seen it either, but I just Googled the pictures. and In the first yeah. few episodes, it was very good. Yeah, um, I need to watch it. Their yeah. lines are very are, are softer in yeah. in that too. Yeah. yeah. Like he yeah. He's still good looking. Um mm-hmm. but definitely looks younger in crystal. Mm-hmm. Hmm. They okay. all do. Like all three of the Kings of Heaven do. Yeah. All okay. four That's interesting. Because I wonder if that would like completely take away the creepy factor when I watch it. I will. I'm gonna watch it now, and I'm, and I will let you guys know what I think. <laughs> okay. I, I want to. I want to watch Crystal, but I don't want to influence this podcast by watching Crystal and being like, ah, oh, yeah. watch it. Watch it after or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> In a couple of years when we finish this podcast, mm-hmm. I'll watch. Yeah, it. they look like they could be like almost teenagers in Sailor Moon Crystal, yeah. or maybe like late teens, like around. Like Mamaru and Matoki's age, yeah. yeah, which is better. Yeah. But as we previously discussed, still not great. Still not great. Still not great. Because <laughs> we figured out Mamaru was what, like seventeen, eighteen? Yeah, yeah, eighteen, yeah. I think. So four years is not that bad. No, I mean when you're fourteen and eighteen, it kind of is. But like, it yeah, would, it would quite, it would quickly be okay. Um, yeah. It is, I, I mean, it is kind of weird. Like, why are they 14? Like, why, if they were 16, it would remove so many of these creep factors. I think they're trying to keep them young and innocent. Yeah. Um, 
Just but, because so I, much of their powers are based on on pure emotions, they don't want to make them older. Because there's that sense that the older they get, the less innocent and pure you are. Yeah, and so they still wear I, like super slutty outfits. Uh, yeah, because it's an anime. But yeah. also, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like as forgiving with Usagi if she was sixteen. Oh yeah, like. At, at 14, she's a crybaby. She's still getting a lot of things wrong. But yeah. at 16, you start to see, like, you need to grow up a little bit more. At yeah. least he- here in North America, you can, like, get your driver's license. Like, there's more responsibility. And um, she's just, like, her character is still developing to that. Yeah, yeah. it would have to be a different... And you do, you do get that development as she goes on. She's definitely more mature. Yes. Uh, towards the end of the se- of, of all five seasons. Like, she's not mature, but she's more mature. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. And she also deals with a lot of crap in the uh, the coming seasons, so, yeah. That they does all get something to someone, there. right? It does. <laughs> I mean, at one point, her own daughter falls out of the sky. And then she points a gun at her. Yep. <laughs> And then they become BFFs, which yeah. makes no sense. So weird. So weird. Not, not, not BFFs in like a mother-daughter way. Nope. Just like BFFs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But like the whole time traveling, being Always. born on Earth thing. Yeah. Always a, a bit of a, yeah. Yeah. yeah if anybody it's thinks that this season of Sailor Moon is weird, wait till you get to Sailor Moon R. Yeah. Boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Sailor Moon, well, Sailor Moon S is slightly less weird, but Sailor Moon Super S goes right back into weird again. Yep. <laughs> With weird. that. It definitely voice. stretches the imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I like it so much. It is a lot way. of fantasy, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do we have any final thoughts on these two episodes? Oh. I think I it's. <laughs> yeah, I think it is our. One thing is it's our first view of the villains as more complex characters or as full, like, full characters, not a, a one-sided, two-dimensional villain. Like, mm-hmm. that there is more there, that there is room for growth, which I think becomes important as you go on, especially as, like, Mamoru gets kidnapped and then he's evil and he's not evil and... I think it's this, this is laying the groundwork for that, that, that what comes next. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, in, especially when you get into Sailor Moon R, uh, Usagi's powers transform so that she's able to heal villains and make them, like yeah. purge them of that negative energy. Yeah. And I mean, you could argue that witnessing Nephrite's reformation and death is probably could be something that triggered that. Yeah. If she has any control over what her powers do, which I don't know if any of them do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, that's still like a mystery. For yeah, sure. but the the case could be made if you wanted to argue it. Yeah, <laughs> for, sure. for sure. Yeah, these are these are really good, really powerful emotional episodes that um, I think they're really the first punch in the gut episodes we get. Yeah, um, and then like I said, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> We get way more punch in the guts after that. Yeah. Which is what makes it a good show. So it's all downhill yeah. in a good way. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's that like, part of the like roller coaster that's fun. You know, yeah. the loops and the twists and the turns and the screaming. 
<laughs> or it's yeah. like downhill into the Sailor Moon Valley and you can't get out. Yeah. Yeah. Still yeah. there after all these years. <laughs> Very true. Very true. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that's it for this episode of Sailor Snacking. Uh, next week, we're going to be watching episodes 25 and 26. Jupiter, the powerful girl in love. So finally, we get Sailor Jupiter and restore Naru's smile, Usagi's friendship, which should be. I can't remember that one, but that one sounds really sweet. Um, poor Naru. She gets a, I guess she gets a break before we go back to her and try to help her feel better. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, I do remember that episode. And uh, yeah, Umino to the rescue. Oh, is this the one where Umino helps? Yes. So he's finally not a creep? I think so. But. And we start to get into the uh, Rainbow Crystals episode. Yeah! Which, which is so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's that's it for us. Uh, stay tuned to our next episodes, as I mentioned. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Sailor Stacking. Um, we're still piggybacking off of True North Nerds, so you can find us uh, at truenorthnerds.com on Facebook at True North Nerds, or you can email us at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. And uh, eh, eventually we may get our own stuff, but right now, let the boys do some work too. <laughs> uh, you can listen to me on uh, True North Nerds, uh, which is the other podcast that I do with uh, Brent and Ryan and Kevin. Uh, Brent hasn't been on the show yet, but he produces them, uh, and Ryan and Kevin have been guests already. Um, do you guys want to plug anything? Anything you want to say? Shout outs? No. I'm good. You're good. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah, enjoy and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>